Access All Areas on FUBAR Radio. Hello, good evening. Welcome to Access All Areas. Uh, I am Stephen Lang. And I'm Bobby Norris. How are you, my love? I am excellent. The sun is shining. I have had a nice weekend, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, all good. How are you? So good, babe. Like you say, the weather, it, it makes such a difference, doesn't it? Sun's out. Everyone's got a smile on their face. Sun's out, guns out in your case. Guns are out, babes. But, Bob, we have to say, congratulations on all those winning Celebrity Karaoke Club. Oh, <laughs> thank you, babe. I'm sure you're as shocked as I am that I got to the final. I still don't know bit. how that happened. Um, <laughs> well, I'll tell you how it happened, Bob. You're very entertaining. No one was ever going to accuse you of being able to hold a single note. But... <laughs> Great bit of telly, weren't you? <laughs> oh, bless you. Thank you, babe. It was, it was a fun show to do. Um, no one was more surprised than I was to, to get to the final. And, uh, yeah, I, I mean, as I've always said, I, I never went into that being, being a singer, as we've all seen now. Uh, but I, I just had, had fun with it and had a laugh with it. And, uh, yeah. It, <laughs> and, you've, and you've managed to make some pals from it. And Chrishell is still sort of uh, friendly. Yeah, Chriselle, lovely. It honestly was such, and I know so many people say this on TV, but we generally was on that show. It was such a lovely group of people. Um, it was casted so well. And I, I, I knew about 98% of the people anyway and had worked with 98% of them. It was only, I think, Chriselle I hadn't, um, and possibly Callum. Um, but was was so was so fun. And, and watching it back so was fun as well. Um <laughs> But weekend-wise, I've got my garden furniture, so I'm as happy as a dog with two dicks, Stephen, because I can now be in the garden. Delightful. Yeah, making the most of it. Hopefully it lasts a little bit, the weather. Well, you know know you're lucky. You're lucky to even get your garden furniture because there has been a shortage, Bob. So um, I know for... Because of everything going on. Yeah, like uh, supply chain problems and ex- like loads of people's places been run out. I've heard so. Yeah, you're lucky to even get yourself a little uh, wicker table and chairs out there or whatever. Yeah, well, I've got the old <laughs> gratin out there and uh, was uh, putting that together. But um, yeah, just got to finalise a couple of little bits. Still got my cushions are in the plastic and stuff. But I mean, I couldn't have picked a better week for it to arrive. Yeah, I'll do myself a little barbecue. I think. Oh, how lovely. See, I can't do that in my flat, which is a shame. Even though I've got a balcony, you're not, you're not allowed to. Cause you're basically... What about one of the little ones, like the little <laughs> ones from the petrol garage? You basically smoke out. It's quite, I, well, my balcony's like covered and it's connected to all the other balconies in my thing. So you'd end up just smoking out every single balcony attached to mine, which would be about 15 oh, balconies. So they'll, they'll smell your smoke and your sausage downstairs. Exactly, yeah. So my, my Linda McCartney on the barbecue is <laughs> So, she does uh, a lovely sausage bot, that Linda McCartney. She certainly does. Um, you know, I mean, you can't, cannot complain about the quality of vegetarian sausages these days, Bob, I'll tell you. Um, I do but, love, talking of vegetarian, I know took a bit of a detour, we don't normally talk veggie foods, but <laughs> I do love a corn faux chicken burger. Like the, oh, you know, yeah, they're good. They're like the breaded one. Yeah. yeah. A corn chicken nugget, the first time I'd gone veggie, my mum was like, oh, I bought some corn chicken nuggets. And I thought that she was trying to like, kid fool me and make me eat meat because I was like I couldn't tell the difference between that and like a, a normal chicken nugget they are I mean corn quality top notch yeah you a bit now. of Tommy K a bit of mayo stunning not couldn't a name, tell the difference Quorn or Linda if you're out there 
get yeah. in touch and send us some deliveries. We're happy to eat some corn, um, some Love corn meat pre every or during every episode. If you're listening, next week we'll PRs be saying chomping on a on a corn <laughs> burger. I would definitely not complain about that. Um, well, we have a very exciting show. Uh, coming up as ever and I have to add it's our producer George's last show with us she has been with us since you started um, Bob Um, and we're going to be very sad to see her go but she is going on to very exciting things um, which we're not jealous about at all so um, you know um, we want to say I'll say it again at the end of the show I'm sure Georgia but thank you so much for all you've done for us Um, absolutely thank you Jay it's been an absolute pleasure work with you like obviously joined football in the madness of one of the lockdowns about yeah. 18 months ago and um i know we've only all got together once in that time because of everything that's been going on but it's been an absolute pleasure working with you and um yeah checking in every week and doing the show with each other and, and best of luck for the new job my love yeah and she's the one that provides us with all of our guests and does all of the bits and bobs of research and stuff so um you know it's been it's been great working with you george you will be so. missed it will be missed, but we do have a show to get on with. Um, so the guests that Georgia has booked today include <laughs> uh, former Towie star uh, Tom McDonnell. Um, was he? You, you were on at the same time, weren't you? Yeah. With Tom, yeah. Um, so we've got him coming up first. And um, we've got uh, Love Island's um, Adam Collard coming up to talk about his podcast. And then we've got um, Francesca Allen, um, also from Love Island, on to have a chat about all the things going on She's fairly newly engaged, I think, so... Um, can be talking to her about that. Wedding chat there. Exactly, yeah. But um, showbiz gossip this week, Bob. Anything caught your eye? Well, it is my kind of thing every week to touch upon something Kardash, isn't it? And I don't think actually, to be fair, for a week or two, we have. Um, no, no. I mean, what with it, with everything else that's been going on with the Jubilee and all of that. But I mean, not much of a, a story. But again, it, it's a Kardashian story, nevertheless. Yeah. You know that Kim was gifted Marilyn Monroe's dress. Oh, yes, for the Met Gala. Yeah. Which a lot of people was up in arms about saying that's like an iconic dress. It's Marilyn's. It should never have been allowed out of the museum. Well, apparently, I don't know who's saying this, but it's been rumoured that it's been given back in poor condition. So I saw some of the pictures and um, it does look a little bit like, so although she's lost, I mean, she was tiny to begin with, wasn't she, Kim? But she she lost weight to fit into the dress. And even then... 16 pounds she tried to lose, didn't she? But even then it wasn't, they couldn't do it up because people were just, I guess, smaller back in the sort of 60s or whatever, 50s, 60s. Um, And yeah, the the pictures I've seen, like some of the crystals are missing on the back. And the fabric looks a little bit worn through. But to be fair, was it the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame or or whoever it was that kind of lent it? Um, I think it's Ripley's uh, Believe It or Not Museum. Believe It or Not, that's it, yeah. Um, they would have known that an old dress going out like that would have led to wear and tear, right? She was walking around in it. She, it wasn't like she was standing on a on a plinth being admired she was like <laughs> sitting down and getting up and so that as such an old dress it's going to happen right I guess they would have sort of uh costed that into their decision to to lend it to her in the first place don't you think yeah definitely I think if someone's agreed to lend that dress for someone to, to physically wear and like I say not just stood there wearing it for a photo shoot to actually wear it to an event you would 
you would have to expect that there's a possibility that something's going to happen to it, which is why I think so many people were shocked that she was gifted the dress and loaned it for the night because they was like, yeah. it's, it's Hollywood history. Mm. Um, so uh, to be fair to Kim, if you've gifted it to her, and I don't know if she's come out uh, and denied that she's given it back. So I think there was a comment saying that it's missing crystals and uh, some crystals were left hanging on by a fridge. But, but it's such an old dress, right? Yeah, yeah. the dress was made in the 50s. How many years ago is that now? 70 years ago or whatever. 70 yeah. years, I mean, come on, even the best stitcher in the world, 70 years is a long time <laughs> yeah. for a few diamantes to hold on to clock. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, exactly, especially when it's been... Yeah, I feel, I feel like, yeah, it would, I, I imagine for, for, for Ripley's, they probably got their money's worth out of, out of loading it to her. They've got plenty of publicity. And I'm sure that they'll have enough money to be able to do a repair job on on whatever. I mean, obviously, it will never be back to the original condition that it was in. But many, many things that you find in sort of museums um, will never will never be like that. So it'll never be like they were originally. So and you know, to know that Marilyn didn't knock off a couple of sequins herself. Do you know yeah, what I mean? So when yeah, it's in true. the glass box, she could have knocked the crystals out. <laughs> yeah, um, who knows? In the dress, in a way that you can't say the damage but, um, yeah yeah i don't think kim's at fault there to be fair no i, I i'm implied i'm impl- inclined to agree with you um, and there was uh, in other iconic dress news britney spears um and her wedding to sam asgari um pretty pretty impressive um the guest list wasn't it madonna drew barrymore selena gomez um the guy from the Elvis movie, like loads and loads of people, I think were were there. But I found it a bit weird that her children we weren't, weren't there. there, and that we weren't there for a start. <laughs> um, that her children weren't there, and none of her family. But her mum did post underneath one of her Instagrams that she loved her and that she was pleased she had such a nice day. Mm. I know they're estranged, but to have celebrities that you may never have, you may have only met once or twice, come to your wedding and no family seems a yeah. bit. Um, I know there have been a few public things on social media between the sister and Brittany. Yeah, Jamie Lynn. Yeah, and obviously everything that's happened with the dad. Um, but a wedding, I mean, I've never been married, but you, you, you think it's that one day that if you can put something, but I mean, and again, every case is different. Yeah. And maybe you could say, and the dad, I think not being there isn't much of a surprise to anyone. No. The mum, more so. Um, but the reason I feel shocked that we weren't there, babe, is because I feel like we've covered this whole relationship. We've been through the lot in the last 18 yeah, months. I feel so invested in this relationship. True. Like, Coming through the conservatorship and all of that. Yeah. And didn't true. the ex-husband of 55 hours turn up and kind of do a whole one wife, one life kind of thing? Yeah. Like, but it I should think have been me moment. But it was a bit scary, right? Didn't he have a weapon and stuff? I mean, like it wasn't, he's obviously got, some issues of his own and I think um yeah doing the live stream managed to get into her house and stuff it was all just a bit yeah, bizarre um, but but having said all of that she did look lovely in her um custom-made Versace dress um my favorite bit was some of the behind the scenes pictures where she clearly got out of her dress and in something more comfortable slipped off her heels and there was a pack of cigs on the table which I thought was very very classic Britney. Um, <laughs> I, I love that it's rumored that uh, Madonna, Britney, and uh, Selena were doing a bit of a toxic 
Oh, yeah. Selena, Madonna and Britney. They did Toxic. And I heard that... Very um, Toxic. She said also Britney was singing along to Paris Hilton's Stars of Blind at one point with Paris Hilton. Iconic. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you don't really get much more iconic than that. There was also the really awkward video where she's standing next to Madonna and they're singing Vogue. But it kind of looks like Madonna's the, like, the centre of attention, which I think is what Madonna's used to, really. Yeah. Uh, even on a bride's wedding day i don't know the whole thing seemed a bit weird and apparently madonna was one of the first guests to leave um i've done so, a couple of numbers and left yeah banged out toxic did a little bit of vogue, vogue. And left. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, which you know if you're if you're madonna and you're you're over the party then you go home do you know what i mean you're not, when you're mad you're mad you yeah. want to go you go when you want both you're not staying for an extra 10 minutes to make sure you say bye to everyone are you yeah you she know? ain't waiting for a slice of cake or an extra <laughs> round of olivons is yeah. she or to catch the bouquet at the end i think she probably had enough weddings and relationships she doesn't need any more so um no, but I mean, exciting for Britney, and I'm pleased to see that she's happy, you know, so... Uh, Absolutely. She's got a fairy tale, which is lovely, isn't it, really, I think? More than most of us ever me. will, Bob. <laughs> I'm still holding out hope, Stephen. I'm holding out hope. Well, there comes a point, though, when can you be the the the, um, the fairy tale groom anymore? Over 40, can you? Oh, I think so, can't you? How old's Britney? Britney's got to be over 40, isn't she? She's got to I think she is 40. Than... I think she is 40, actually, come to think of it. Yeah. yeah I'm hmm. going to be fairy. I'm going to be like Eric from The Little Mermaid. Oh, lovely, yeah. Yeah, that's my inspo. Oh, I like that. All right, fine. Well, I can't She's wait for my invite. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where, the hell, where the hell are they? Um, right, well, our first guest, uh, Tom McDonald, uh, is here. So let's get him in for a chat. Perfect. All right, yes. Tom. Can you Captain Bob, how are you, mate? Yeah, good, thank you, fella. You? It's been a while, mate. It's been a while. I'm, yeah, I'm, all, good. I'm all good. I'm keeping well. I'm keeping well. I'm keeping thank well. You for, you? Thank you for joining us. Yeah, really good. Glad to have you on the show. What have you been up to, Tom? Mate, to be honest, I've just been, uh, I've just been kicking my head down. Like, obviously, life has <laughs> been, life's been chilled. It's been quite nice, to be fair. Uh, I've been working. I live, obviously, after I split the show, I, um, I moved out of Harry, so we live together now. Like, so we've been in a, we've moved, been moved out maybe like eight, nine months. So life's and, a bit different. And how's that going? I can imagine you and Harry, it's a bachelor pad and half. Mate, do you know, <laughs> do you know what? Obviously, you'd think that, but Are you actually both really months, boring. Is that what it is? You just sit around no, watching TV. <laughs> Oh, no, it's not that. Obviously, like things in our personal life now, whatever in my personal life, so things change a little bit, don't they? But yeah, we did have some fun at the start. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's changed in your personal life? You touched upon that. Is is there a, is there a love interest in your life now, Tom? Uh, I'm 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 off seeing someone. Yeah, I'm seeing somebody. But what's nice is now that like so. To be fair, it's hard because it's been a bit on off. But obviously, it's been all right because I can just my private life, my private life now. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So obviously, before when when you have that situation, you have got someone bringing you up, going, "What's happening with this?" or "What's happening?" That? Whereas now, like that's just been between me and her. Do you know what I mean? I've been able to sort things out, which is nice. And is it quite you... nice having that private that private time now, and it not playing out on national TV? Well, listen, you, you know exactly what it's like. Like, 
people people struggle to understand what it's like. I used to say to my brother, like, because he used to go, like, he couldn't wrap his head around certain things, but you'd have days where it was walk in the park and it's easy. Yeah, but then you have other days where things are hard and people don't understand what you go through. Like, if you go through something with your partner or whatever, whether it's a mate, a, a bird, or like whatever, you want to deal with that just you and them. Whereas you're dealing with that in front of like cameras and pe- and people say things that you don't expect and you're like, oh my god, like. So it's nice that you can just do that, yeah, to yourself. And you're keeping busy doing the the PT in. Yeah, so, uh, do you know what, Bob? I I PT'd all the way through mm. whilst I was doing the show. So I've done that now. I'm I'm 27 now. I've done that since I was 18, 19. So um, even during my time on the show, I made sure that I, I'd done that continuously. And it was sort of, I looked at the show as, I almost tried to look at it not as work, if that makes sense. So that was bonus money and whatever I did. But that, my PTM was my bread and butter, and that was saying I see myself doing continuously after I left the show. So, do you, do you hate um, anyone, any sort of uh, names that we might know or anything? Well, yeah. So even now, like obviously a few sportsmen and stuff. So, my, so my dad's a professional boxing trainer, ain't he? So I've I've always uh, worked for my dad. So at the minute, like I don't know how well you know your boxing, but some boxers like James DeGale, uh, I work with. So he's he was an Olympic gold medalist and a world champion. So even now, like he's, re- he's a retired sportsman, but I still do work with him uh, once a week. But yeah, just other sportsmen, or you might get like, I don't know, like footballers in their off-season could come in or yeah. whatever, really. Because it, it's predominantly boxing training, which I do. That's, that's my niche, as opposed to a personal trainer who would just be, you know, in a gym, for example, with weights or CV. That is my, my niche, so... I will get people that will come to me specifically for that reason. I know it's been a huge part of your life, and obviously you've always been in good nick, and you've been a page of boss teacher at 18. <laughs> so I know you probably don't know any different because you've grown up with your old man being a boxer. But do you hmm. find it good for your head training, whether that's boxing or just being in a gym? I'll be honest with you, so when, when lockdown obviously was a thing, which like feels like a thing of the past now, but... I remember one day, I was living at my mum's at the time, and one day I got up at like 10 o'clock, which for me, like, I, I don't do that. So I got up about 10 o'clock, I was sitting in my dressing gown, I was playing the PlayStation, got to about one o'clock in the afternoon, and I've got an empty bowl of cereal next to me, and I'm in my dressing gown, I remember looking, thinking, you slob. Like, I felt horrible, I felt, but it affects everything with me. So mm-hmm. I made a decision after that day, every day in lockdown Monday to Friday I would set an alarm and get up and exercise and I still sort of try and keep that obviously it's different with work but I make sure I exercise every single day and if I can I like to do it early so my day my thought process is completely different if I don't exercise I feel a bit lethargic I feel a bit negative for me exercise is a massive part of my life it's quite amazing massively and you know I was pretty late to the party when it came to training and I didn't really start training until ironically we went into lockdown but bear in mind you remember back then it was just going to be three weeks wasn't it but even the thought of not working for three weeks I'm not someone that can just sit at home like a couple of days of watching homes under the hammer lovely 
day three, I'm done. Um, so I thought, use this time to do something you've never done. I was never going to be someone who learns another language. You know what I mean? I can say bonjour and Gemma Pell in French, and, and that gets me by. Um, so I thought, do a little bit of training. But honestly, I wish I'd have started before, because what that does for my for head, head when I train, um, and it's a knock-on effect, though, isn't it? Because if there's a day you don't train or you feel like, oh, I don't really want to train, so you feel worse for not training. It, so it becomes a you cycle, do. but you never feel worse for training. Once you've done it, no. you only feel good. You listen, you do have to listen to your body. And obviously you, you do have days where, you know, your body might require a rest. But yeah, from the mind point of view, for me, it's huge. Yeah, it's, it's not huge. just like like training at the gym, is it? It's like it's, there's quite a few things I think that people have discovered. It's actually because of the lockdowns that really help their mental health and it's not just about like like it's not just physical getting getting buffed you know what I mean it is like for your brain as well like I know for me like I've like I walk so much more than I ever did before like I I walk like every day do you know what I mean like way more yeah and then people like took up running and stuff didn't they which I which I did as well certainly during the lockdown it's kind of gone by the wayside since but it's like yeah that getting physical just changes can change your life right like <laughs> how do you how's your thought process in a day compared to on a day when you exercise compared to a day when you don't exercise i bet it's different yeah 100 100 percent. i mean i only go i go to the gym well like, so I'm, I'm a rower so I, well i'm a member of a rowing club so i go i row on a weekend fairly regularly and i i walk every morning now before work whether i'm in the office or like uh or at yeah, home that, yeah. um yeah and it's and then I do a couple of classes like it's yeah it's just become my routine and if, if I break it and I do break it sometimes I do feel rubbish it's like a weird I never would have ever thought that that would be the case yeah um but my friends still don't really believe it but like you know what I mean but like it really is like a like a mental health thing like it just it, as long as it works for you whether it's walking going to the gym running whatever it's, as long as it works for you personally. Yeah. And it's all balanced, isn't it, as well? You know what you say? To have, course. To have days off, of course, you've got to do and live your life. And actually, having the day off sometimes, if the day you haven't done anything, makes you think, oh, I want to get up and do that tomorrow. Mm. That in itself is a good thing because it spurs you on to right, set the alarm, get up and get things done. Mate, as Stephen touched on, routine. Routine. Mm. Routine crazy, and structure yeah. to your life which I think is what a lot of us didn't have during the last couple of years. With cool. everything that was going on, there was no routine. Most people that kind of get up, whether you work or not, have family or have children to get up for, when that was all, that all went out the window a little bit. What'd you do? What'd you do? Mm. I, I like to goal set, so I always like a challenge. So if I've got, for example, I've done the marathon last year, but when I had that, Boom, my mind's locked on to something. I've got something to strive for. I've got yeah. an, ob- an objective. And like a if plan, like a, that, like a racing plan, right? Like, so you have to yeah. do it every week, otherwise you'll never get there. But it could be anything, even a holiday. Like you think, right, I want to look good on holiday, so I'm going to go to the gym. But if I don't have something, I'll still exercise for my head and whatever, but it's not quite the same. So I do mm. like having that that purpose and that, that drive for something in particular. Yeah. You mentioned My the bad bad, it, Tom. Would you like? To, <laughs> would you like to do more running in the future? Would you do another marathon or? You know what, right? So when I, I remember doing it, and 
you go through Canary Wharf at about 18 miles and I was thinking, I'm, I'm blowing here. But do you know what? It's not even like in terms of like out of breath, it's like your legs are gone and like your energy is just, you're exhausted, right? And like, do you know what? I actually see, um, come through about 2021, 20, I really started to feel it then I was in trouble. And I actually see JC, which is obviously <laughs> Bob will know. People, people obviously listen to this might not know, but she works on the show and I hadn't seen her for a while and she must have thought I looked at the ump of her saying, but I was so exhausted. You know, someone's good name, I've looked at her and I, just, I like you're you're absolutely gone. But I remember thinking, I am never doing this ever again. <laughs> ever. Finished the race and I had to go into a medical tent. I couldn't stand up, right? And uh the, the, the physio in there said to me, Would you do another like this first one? I said, Yeah. He went, Would you do another one? I went, No chance. And he went, They all say that. And then, <laughs> and then with time, I would 100% do another one because I didn't achieve the time that I wanted. I'm a, this is like, I always have to, do you know what I mean? So now I've got that in my head, right, boom, I've got to beat this. But I need a break from it because I trained for the marathon in 2020 and it got cancelled because of COVID. So I trained oh, for five yeah. months, it got cancelled. Then to have to go through that again, like it's in your nut, it's so hard. Like when you've got yeah. to get up and run three hours on your own, that is. It's all right on the day. The day is great with the atmosphere. When you've got to do it on your own and there's no one there and it's raining, it's, it's not fun. You, I imagine you start to run out of music you want to listen to and all that stuff. Do you know what I mean? It's do you know like... what? Like, you realise the amount of things that go through your head. Like I would run and you have to switch off. You're on your own for three hours. So like I used to think about like winning the lottery, what I'd do with the money or like <laughs> the Euros was on at the time. And I was thinking if I was playing Bringham, I was playing at Wembley and then like other things, just like random things in life, you just think about like it's it's weird. Because something like that is definitely. I mean, I've never done it, and the idea of it, like you say, when Would you, you do got one? Canary Wolf for eighteen, I'll probably get to eighteen miles at Canary Wolf and go rocker. And so, you know, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I could have done one. <laughs> I, I, I don't. Do you know what? I, I think something like that. And this is coming from someone who's never done it, but I'm just guessing. I think something like that is not just physical, but I think you've got to be mentally in that, which is probably almost you just do. as much as the training, because if you're you ready, you can tra- be the best runner. <laughs> it is the training that gets, like, obviously, in your yeah, head. You like, can't just wake up one day and say, fuck it, let's go to America. But listen, no, you can't. But listen, my cousin uh, done the same marathon as me, and he... Never used to be a runner at all. It was only in lockdown he started. Do you know everyone started doing them 5K things? Oh, Caps yeah. 5K. 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 Yeah. So he started running because obviously like him and his mates were doing it and they was all trying to beat each other. And he started running. He's done a half marathon and, and he just stuck to it, right? And he'd done the marathon in, I think, five hours and 20 minutes or something. But before, he couldn't run. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, if yeah. you put your mind to something, you, you can it's do it. It's a learned it. skill. I mean, I found that because I, I only did a 10K, but training from that difference between a 5K to a 10K was quite a big leap at the time anyway. And I remember getting to the end of the 10K and thinking, I could actually probably have done a little bit more. And that's kind of how you build up, right? The, like and, The crowd as well. Yeah. Let me tell you, the crowd is unbelievable. But like what you just said about like your head there, like you, you could have done 10K. Like if you said to me a year before, or like before I started training for it, go and do 20 miles. I'd go, are you mental? Like I would do like four or five miles, right? But that becomes six miles. That six miles becomes eight miles. That eight miles becomes 10. And bit by bit, you build yeah. up and build up. And you do get there. 
Yeah, it's amazing what, you, what your body, yeah, it is hard work. Oh, well, honestly, Tom, we could speak to you all night because I find this stuff fascinating. But um, thank you so much for joining us this evening and, and um, best Thanks of luck with, with the work that you've got coming up. Thank you very much. And Bob, it's been good to see you again, mate. You too, mate. Hopefully you see you soon, fella. Yeah, give me a message. Come down for a session, Bob. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Take yeah. care, Tom. I'll message <laughs> you. Have a good one. Bye, mate. Cheers. Bye. Mate. bye. It's so funny talking about boxing because I went to a little um, a gay sports uh, event on Friday and there's a, there's a gay boxing club that oh, I might, um, yeah, near the Emirates Stadium. I'm actually thinking about going because um, uh, I'd quite like to learn some, just some of the basics. Do you know what I mean? Like It's such good fitness boxing. Mm, yeah, 100%. I never knew there was a, like a bay, a, a, bay, a gay boxing club. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they were all really nice guys. Like there was some of some of the guys on the other sports things seemed a bit snobby, but the, these guys were like really nice and really keen for like new people to join stuff. So maybe that'll be something another gay sports club I can join for Christ's sake. I love it. I love the <laughs> idea of it because it is really good fitness. But I'm yeah. thinking, right, I've got a fake nose, a mouthful of an ears. I could have seen me walking down the Emirates with a with a carrier bag full of an ears, a broken nose, <laughs> and then my gloves under my arm. That is a good. That is a good point. Maybe, maybe, maybe just a gentle one on the pads for you. Yeah, maybe. pads, or maybe I can wear one of them cages to start with. <laughs> just like an American put... footballer. Yes, like, so nothing gets too close. Yeah, fair yeah, enough. I'll wear that. one of them. Um, we'll go down there, Stephen. Yeah, we'll have to do it. Uh, maybe we could. Maybe we could box each other. No, actually, let's not do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, our second guest, Adam Pollard, is here. So let's hit him. Hello, I'm on. Uh, you Hello. are on. Hey, Adam, how you doing? I'm all right. How are you? How are you doing? Hey, Bobby, you all right? How are you doing, mate? You all right, Adam? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Keeping busy? Always, always trying to. Keeping up with you. <laughs> what have you been up to? Oh, I feel like everything's gone back to normal a little bit after COVID. Um, mm. Done a lot of travelling, different brand stuff. Had a fitness retreat last week, so in the sun in Greece for a week, which was pretty nice. And then had a couple of party days at the end in Mykonos. And then so, thereby uh, undoing all the fitness Mykonos. stuff you've done in the previous week, <laughs> is that right? Oh, it's the way to do it. It's balance, isn't it? You know. <laughs> so we do like double sessions for seven days and then go and absolutely ruin our lives in Mykonos. It's the, it's the way to do it. <laughs> It's an amazing place, Mykonos, though, isn't it? How was the oh, weather? Incredible. It was incredible. I think you've got uh, some good weather over here as well, but it's just different over there. It's so nice, isn't it? And so pretty. Yeah, such such a lovely place. So is retreats are something you're going to be doing a lot more of now, Ed? So we've done it for three years. Um, we've done three in Greece, and then I've got one in Bali in on the 2nd to the... 2nd of the 8th of October this year, and that'll be my second one in Bali. But it's just a business that I sort of work with on the side of obviously having the gym in Newcastle. It just works well. You know, go, I'm the trainer, go and smash it. It's really easy. I don't really have to do any of the, like, you know, the catering and the hosting and stuff like that, and just three hours of my time, and it's uh, it's a good holiday as well. Is the catering not just some boiled chicken and a bit of veg anyway? So, I mean, it's not like hard work. <laughs> do you know what? The, the Greek girls, they do it different. There's these two girls that uh, that run everything and the stuff is amazing. I swear, English people, when it comes to dying, it would be so much easier if I had a Mediterranean diet. You know, all the Spanish mm. restaurants, all of that. I mean, she eat a couple of glasses of wine with each meal as well. <laughs> Living the dream. Living the dream. <laughs> Goals. Uh, so tell us a bit about your podcast. Um, so with the podcast, I just, I feel like you're either complete comedy 
or you are like really serious fitness. And I kind of feel like that's kind of my life as it is. It's either going between either, you know, getting reality at them, which we've obviously saw at the start with for quite a few people that have followed me, or the like serious fitness side. But I feel like there can be a kind of a happy medium. And I think that all of these people, everyone that I speak to, whether, whether it be an athlete, they have had some really normal experiences that have got them there in the end. So like, you know, speaking speaking to a guy who is like one of the best doctors in the world for like professional football teams and stuff like that and it kind of just turned as it just spiraled and then on the other hand you have all of these people who i don't want to say normal but like people who maybe aren't gym fanatics but are people that really have seen different changes with like mental health and physical health from fitness so it's kind of the best of both worlds and i just i just wanted to sort of do it and i love the name of it lift laugh and love exactly so it was uh i always uh, it was one of them quotes where you know like you go i'm i'm gonna i'm trying to envision going to my mother's friend's house when i was a kid and i used to always just think why is that cringy quote on the wall in every person's house <laughs> so it was honest, a bit of a spin off that's, that's about 90 percent of us is in essex have that <laughs> a cheeky canvas of Marilyn somewhere or Audrey, <laughs> Audrey Hepburn yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly so something that everyone knows as well yeah absolutely so you kind of the play on words with that and then obviously which you can tell from the name of it obviously although there's a serious side to it that I guess there is that little bit of light-heartedness to it as well and it's yeah, I mean, all serious Look, let's take me and you, for example, like what I started, I started a journey with fitness because I kind of just wasn't really happy with myself. And then like, I've kind of like turned into this person where people would look for advice. Now, I never actually thought that I would be there. And then, I mean, you've had experiences before in the public eye where maybe you've not really felt the best about yourself and you've done a body transformation, but it, it brings mental clarity as well. Like how much better have you felt about yourself? I've seen you in OK Magazine and stuff and different stuff. And then when you feel good physically, it normally you feel good mentally at the same time as well. Oh, 100%. And do you know what, for me, and I don't think it's until, until you start do, doing like something fitness and whatever level it is, that you realise it isn't even about what the outside looks like anymore. Once you benefit from what it does for your head mm. and your mental health and all the knock-on effects, that far outweighs anything else, I think. And it's something that I wish I'd have started years ago because for me, I think when you're training, there is no time to... It's the one thing that will cure my... For that hour or whatever I'm doing my anxiety or, or worries or do you know what I mean or this the stress you're totally, totally right it's like the one hour a day you completely switch off and it is as well when it's really really tough as well you can't think about anything else that, that, that's the thing because yeah. I'm so close to thinking I'm about to die <laughs> there ain't time to be anxious because I'm thinking I've got to get through this this next set let alone worry about what's happening tomorrow or anything like that and um, exactly I think there is a massive there's, I mean, obviously, I'm no psychologist, but there's definitely something connected to being like fitness training and your head, isn't there? And kind of like your mental health and the knock-on effect of it. Yeah, I think as well, people overcomplicate it. You don't have to have a mental health issue for it to be a massive benefit. Like mm-hmm. we have girls 
obviously I'm in the gym with like 400 plus people a week that are different sort of people. And like, I've had so many people be like, do you know what? I've had a really bad breakup with my boyfriend and this has been the like one thing or my granddad's passed away. And this has been what's get, that's kind of got through. They haven't got mental health problems, but it's something that stressed them at that time. And sometimes you just need a little switch off. It's like anything. It's almost like a bit of therapy. Completely. And like everyone as it is being happy, everyone has down days. It doesn't mean you're depressed. You know what I mean? Everyone can be anxious about I mean, something. That's just a, a an emotion, isn't it? But it doesn't mean you have anxiety. But anything you can do, whether... I also I find it a little bit with cooking and cleaning as well, but I think it's anything where you can switch your mind off. Um, yeah. I think anything... I was actually reading quite recently, there's something to do with, like, instructions. Like, if you're following a pattern of doing something like a list of instructions. Flat pack, flat pack. That yeah, yeah. Idea. <laughs> you can't, when you're doing that thing, you can't think about anything else because otherwise you'll fuck it up, right? So like, like there is something about doing something that's like a plan or an instruction that means that you kind of get out of your own head for a little bit. And I think, yeah, it's benefit that, to everyone. That makes sense, yeah, actually. Not so much the flat pack, though, because I'm I get close <laughs> to just wanting to set fire to it. You I'm call like, the task rabbit man for that. Yeah, thing, I'm right? going to burn it and dance around it like Rumpelstiltskin <laughs> because I'm like, after one more put A into B and C into A, it's too much. <laughs> but that's exactly the same way that not everyone would go and lifting would be the, the solution to their problem. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, um, Whatever yeah, floats yeah. your boat, yeah. isn't it? It's different horses for different courses. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. Um, have you been watching Love Island at all, the new series? Do you know what? I haven't really watched it that much this series apart from I've caught like one clip of, you know, episode one. I think it's always the one that you go to, isn't it? But yeah. I actually know I actually know the guy that's going in tonight, Jay. Oh, uh, okay. What tonight, the Scottish fella. Oh, um, yeah. Really, really nice guy. Uh, we did a lot of training together. Um, we actually competed against each other quite a lot in the CrossFit competitions. He's a he's a fit boy and pretty strong, but uh, he's a nice guy from Scottish. The Scottish fella tonight. And what's your thoughts and predictions? How will he do? <laughs> I don't know because I would have said he would have done really well, but I remember like the order of the people who went in at this time in my season. And I think it was Charlie Frederick and someone else. And I feel like they were the ones that came in and out in like five days. And I don't know whether it's just because of the running order. And it's a bit of a weird week where you're like two, what's it, like one week in? But like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I think I think if his personality some sort of comes across, but you never know what people are going to be like when they're yeah, in. Yeah, so the thing, you I have to kind thought, of like fight really quick for attention, I think, at this stage, don't you? And you have yeah. to sort of... Like, I, I never thought I would be good at it or bad at it or whatever. Like, you don't know that. I suppose it's probably different for you, Bobby, because you kind of had weekly episodes. But, like, when you're yeah. in there, you kind of don't know if you are on the TV or not. As in, like, yeah, you don't know how much airtime you've got. Um, I kind of got a bit of an idea once it started kicking off of certain decisions. But, like... <laughs> and, and I felt like... The penny dropped. Yeah, I think after a couple of weeks, I was like, oh, all right, actually, I'm definitely... Because I think there was there was the first four decisions. I think I had three of them. And I was like, right, that I remember the year before. So I know how big them decisions are, as in, like, who picks the last girl or who... Or then there was, like, me in the bottom. So I think if he... Uh, if he gets enough airtime, he'll do well. And he's a good-looking kid as well. Do you think there's sort of a... There, there's been a little bit of... No, not I shouldn't say worry. Worry's probably the wrong word. But, like, um, talk about the fact that maybe the, the format is beginning to get a bit tired. Um, what do you think about that? It's hard now because 
when I went on on series four, I feel like it was the kind of the peak. (laughs) Well, it was it was the peak, but it was also like it was the peak while people still didn't understand the full process. Mm -hmm. Whereas now it still probably is going to peak, but now people are more smarter. People know that it's not because it's obviously not scripted, but. You, when in when in your life would you be put in a situation where you have to, and I always go back to this one, there was one night I had to sleep with Kendall six inches one way and Rosie six inches the other way. And like, when would you be put in that situation in, unless yeah. you're in some weird, like funky stuff on the weekend? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Steve are never would be. Yeah. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? So I think it's just, it's not the fact that it's not, people are just getting more intelligent with what happens. Do you think because the nature, let's have it right, reality TV is, is no longer a new thing. Yeah. Do you think people are becoming a lot more clued up when they go on these shows? Whereas back in the early days, people, do you think maybe went on reality shows and was more real without wanting blue ticks on social media, without wanting brand deals or to become an influencer? So I'll be 100% honest here, and I know there'll be people in there. You could meet someone in Love Island if you've, so Jay, who's going on now, and he's watched the TV for a week now, he's seen people in there. He could really have a connection, like a real connection with someone, and he could actually think in the back of his head now, she's not the right decision because I know that that person's more liked on the outside. And that's what's messed up because I found myself like I actually at one point, not now, had genuine feelings for Zara. And I actually, and I'll be openly honest, it couldn't sit, it went through my head. That's the wrong decision, even though we actually ended up being together for nearly a year after the show. And that's kind of what's messed up because you do, it's kind of like your head or your heart. You could have someone who's absolutely perfect on paper, perfect because everyone on the outside loves them, loves that, loves her, loves him but it might actually be that you actually really would get on with. Like, I'll be honest, that probably the number one girl that I got on with was Samira, and I never ended up going for her because yeah. of the way the cards fell. Mm. And I think the longer any show goes on, not just Love Island, but reality TV in general, the longer a show's gone on and, and people have been a fan of that show or have watched it, when they then join it, there's almost a... Do you think there's part of people that either try and replicate a storyline or a situation or a relationship they've seen before that they think works to kind of make a winning formula? So I think that the problem, the producers and the way the boys will go in now, everyone, this is going to sound really cocky, but everyone always wants to try. You've got the nice boys and the not nice boys. And what I mean by that is you've got the boys who are going to go down the Dr. Alex route of being nicey, nice and play it safe all the time. Or you've got the boys who are going to try and make as much noise as possible like me. But the difference is the girls who are now on the show have watched me do it. So now they know not to go for them. Does that make sense? So like, yeah. it's it's not their fault because I got a tweet the other day and it actually was like really harsh and it was like, David David is like a B-Tech Adam Collard or something. But like, it's not his fault because what he's doing is he's probably doing exactly the same as what I did. But the girls are more intelligent because they've seen it before. Whereas yeah. when I did it, there'd be no one to do that apart from Jessica Rose, who was a female the year before. Yeah. That's such a good point. Yeah, I think, and that, but, and that's where, that's where I guess the format can get a bit tired because you know now that the people are playing the games, and you know, yeah, because you don't have to win; you just have to have enough airtime. Yeah, 
What do you think about this? The talk about every year about them making like more diverse bodies and that sort of thing, and they never really seem to do it that much. Do you think it would work the same if they did sort of try and be more inclusive? So I'll answer it both ways. So one way, on one hand, I always think that, so I think there's a difference between being body confident for being a little bit bigger and being actually obese and promoting having genuine heart problems. And like, for example, there was a cover of Vogue where a girl was, that girl must have had serious heart problems and that's promoting a bad image. Whereas there can be an other girl who was a curvy girl. And I'll be honest, I probably like curvier girls better more than skinnier girls, what you would say. And that's fine. That's body confidence. But on the other hand, say you've got a girl and you're a Love Island producer and you're trying to get them to be more body diverse and you don't see that girl for six months and she goes and hires a personal trainer five times a week and turns out to be really skinny for this six week period. You've, so the, the producers might have tried to get more diverse people, but these people are training because they know that it's the biggest it's opportunity in their life. So then there's not really anyone diverse. So you only really know if they're diverse when they settle down maybe like a year after the villa and kind of settle into, settle into who they might be and what how much mm. they actually like it. Because, yeah, you never know. How did you find post-show in terms of social media? We all know the madness that can go on with trolls and stuff like mm. that. Coming out of the villa to and getting your phone, because like you touched upon, when filming Tower, every week you were seeing the previous episodes. While with shows like Love Island, I think it must be the maddest thing that you get off that plane, go into that villa and your phone over, and your life changes without you even knowing it. You're, you're living it and not knowing what's going on. So you come out and someone yeah. goes, there's your phone, and you turn it on. How is that? I think, well, it's a little bit weird because maybe if, so if you did Love Island and you gave them phones, maybe you would change the way, like, I know, I know personally, like, I could potentially, like, be like, God, I didn't want to come across like that. I might change my behavior. So that's a hard thing. But also, it's hard because you have to, you have to kind of take it with a pinch of salt. You know what you're getting yourself into now. And you know there's going to be trolls. And it's kind of, it's kind of the way that you react. My, my take is always, if you've got a good person who loves you and you've got a bad person that hates you, the good person's going to comment once and then you're going to reply and then they'll never comment again because they, they're excited. They've always got that. They know that you've spoke to them once. So they're not going to leave it the rest of the year. Whereas a bad person goes over and over and over again because they just want a reaction. Mm. Um, but I, it's pretty upsetting because I've seen firsthand, I would say I'm quite thick skinned and I kind of knew what I was getting myself into, but I've seen firsthand with girls that I've been in a relationship with who are in the public eye, like, and to the outside, they might not look, but I've seen them get really upset and it really be like problems. So it's, it's kind of hard to see in that respect. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you... You do have to have a thick skin, I think, to do any reality TV show now, but you can have the skin of, of a rhino, but still some things that get sent on social media just cross the line. I think we're all open to opinions, and it's not that you expect everyone to love you, but things can cross the line and can get very dark very quick. Yeah, absolutely. I think... Um... You would be, I would be naive, and I think anyone else would like. We still see the comments. I don't care who you are, how many followers you got. You definitely see the odd ones. You might not see everyone, but I know, like body, body confidence. My job is essentially to be in shape, and that's kind of my jam. So, like, I do see things when maybe at Christmas and around that time when I am 
not in my peak condition. And like, sometimes I'm like, God, like, yeah, that gets to us a little bit. So yeah, I think uh, it would get, it would get anyone. I've seen it. It's like, obviously you've done a lot of stuff about trolling and stuff like that, but hopefully it will get better, but I just don't know how you could possibly vet it as well, because there's just so many people out there, but those people who are commenting are always the ones who are most unhappy. That's the only thing you've got to think about. I've got always because someone who's got a happy a happy life or is just happy in themselves doesn't feel the need to pick up their phone and send abuse to someone. It, it wouldn't enter your head, would it? Do you know what I mean? The thing, the thing that blows my mind about social media is that even if I love a celebrity, like so like take 14, 15-year-old me and look at David Beckham, like even if it's a nice thing, I wouldn't comment to them. I don't because like you don't know them, yeah, yeah. Even if it is a nice thing, so the fact that these people don't even comment a nice thing, they comment horrible things to people they don't like, just blows my mind. Because you would just never do it before Instagram. Like the best you would ever come is when you're at a gig or you're in a football match, like shouting. That's the closest you've got. Do you think though that these like reality shows kind of sometimes fan the flames of that? cruelty almost because like it's not a a normal situation to kind of dump someone after knowing them for like 24 hours on a tv show in front of a load of people your age and do you know what I mean and sometimes do you think it it can be they can be related in a way it's kind of the power of the beast with love island isn't it because Mm. no one no one had it as bad as me in terms of like oh my god he's the worst person ever for (laughs) not picking Kendall and like changing to Rosie Mm -hmm. and stuff like that but like when you're in there and you actually break it down, it's like, <laughs> like we've all been out when we've been single and like you meet someone on a Monday and you meet someone on a Thursday and on Saturday yeah. night you've got to choose who you want to go out with. And if you like the one on Thursday, like th- that is really the time frame. Like yeah, they, yeah. they're sending in people every three days and you've kind of got to make decisions. So that's what people don't understand because people are so invested into that hour because they're watching it every single night for eight weeks that it, it becomes like a bit of an attachment because you get them characters that you, and I'm saying characters, even though we're not really characters, but you get those individuals who you get like emotionally attached with and then mm. that's when fireworks happen. Well, Adam, I think that's a perfect note to end on. Um, thanks so much for um, for speaking to us and, no, um, and, and best love of the podcast. Yeah, thank you very much. Cheers. Thank Take you. Care. Bye, mate. See you, Bobby. Cheers. I feel like we're on like the mental health fitness uh, episode today. It feels a bit like that. And it's funny how sometimes our episodes just subconsciously go down a theme. It's so true. Um, Well, um, running a little bit behind, but uh, we've got we've got Francesca Allen, uh, fellow Love Islander, uh, also ready to come in for a little quick chat. So let's get her in. Perfect. Hi. Hello, darling. All right. How are you? Really good. Excited to have you on the show. Guys, I'm excited. I don't think I've ever been on the show. No, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think you have. And, and you're, you're having a busy time at the moment, aren't you? You have uh, exciting times ahead for you. I know. I literally, I've been a bit non-stop. I think this is why I was late. I do apologise. No, that's that. all right. Don't worry about it. Um, but yeah, no, loads is going on with like the shop and getting married, trying to organise things. Yeah. First things first, show me the ring. <laughs> oh, my oh, God, it's gorgeous. Boy, don't It's good. very pretty, yeah. Did he How, yeah, himself so, or did you take him to pick it? No, I see. I had no idea, like, whatsoever. But, I mean, I've got massive hands. <laughs> so I feel like he was pressured into having to buy something that will match the size of my hands. <laughs> <laughs> so 
I'm feeling really sorry that. for him in that way, but no, I'm like over the moon. Like everyone that looks at it, it's like, whoa, wow, it's beautiful. So yeah, I'm really, really happy. And did you see it coming in your red? Was a, an engagement on the cards? Not at all. Like we've only lived together like before for like a year. So I wasn't expecting that at all. And I'm 26, he's 31. So in my head, I just assumed like, oh, we're just so young. And I've never really been one of them girls that thought, oh, like I really want to get married and that's how it's going to be. Because my parents were never married. So yeah, it was like a total shock. And now I've actually really got to think about like dress first, obviously, and then just like everything else. But it's crazy. Yeah. I'm so happy. <laughs> Are you at that stage where you're kind of buying magazines? Because when it comes, especially the dress alone, it's like what shape do you go for? I never yeah. realised the decisions, even even picking a shape. I know there's there's actually so much that goes into it, but obviously the dress is that first thing that I think of because I just love my clothes. Um, I was thinking about maybe do I need like two dresses, but then you only get to wear it once, so I'll probably just only have the one dress. Do you have a date it's in mind? It's got to be something yet? that I can move around and like have a little boogie in for sure. Yeah, fair enough. Have you got uh, no? Of so no. when um, so I've been sort of like starting to look at venues, and I think that will give me the date. I mean, I was thinking maybe next year or the year after, but there's been such a backlog of weddings. Yeah, I true. just think, yeah, there's, I've, I've got like wedding every other month, it feels like, <laughs> or like every other week. I'm like struggling now to find dresses just for those. So yeah, it's crazy because everything's been locked down. So many weddings mm. are cancelled. So I think there's going to be quite a bit of a wait, but we'll find out. We'll soon see. And the thing is, even though a lot of locations do have like 18 months, two years wait because of the knock-on effect of all the cancellations, just think that yeah. gives you longer to plan. Plan, Yeah, definitely. Everything down to the front. Are, are you a planner? Are you someone that's going to have your notepad out? Oh, my gosh, no. <laughs> oh, you're no. not? I feel like I'm going to have to hire someone to be perfectly honest with you. I'm like... I'm so disorganized. Well, I'm not so disorganized. Like, housewise, I'm very organized. I like things being really, like, neat and tidy. But when it comes to, like, timing and, like, planning trips and stuff like that, I'm just such, a, like, a go-with-the-flow person. I'm just like, yeah, it'll be fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and as well as the engagement. So hopefully it'll got- be, like, an easy going day. You've got the shop and the business. How's all that going? You're going yeah. online as well, aren't you? really well actually so yeah obviously like you know we've been in Mountain High Road for it'll be like 10 years now so a very long time but we're opening another store around the corner for the jewellery brand which I've got on now child 18 got my earrings in in Loughton as well (laughs) yeah in Loughton too so it was just originally like an office space but we was like you know what we can probably do the both so we're going to do piercings from there as well so you can come down and get your ears pierced by me or my sister, whether you trust us enough to do that. <laughs> I wish I haven't got shaky hands. I mean, yeah, that's the most important. Can't, I can't wait. <laughs> so when will that open? I'm really good at stuff like that. And I'm very like, make sure they're match. So we're looking to do like a soft opening on the full team. So you can come down, pizza, piercing, Prosecco party. Oh, I actually need yeah. my other ear doing. In. I've got one ear. I, I, I need the other one doing. We'll come down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Even just for a slice of pizza if you don't want to get pierced. Pizza, <laughs> Prosecco and a piercing. The three best peas. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Well, Triple three yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's one missing there. <laughs> 
So you can kind of obviously not married, but are you in honeymoon period? Because it's still a relatively short kind of romantic fairy tale relationship, isn't it? Well, it is and it isn't. (laughs) I've known I've known him for five years. It'll be coming up now. So I've known him for a very long time, and he was like my like my really good friend prior before we ever like got intimate or anything. And I think, um, yeah, so I just know him so well. We just know each other really, really well. So it doesn't feel like too fast at all. Whereas a lot of people were kind of shocked, but people that are very close to me and know both of us was not surprised at all. They were just very much like, oh, okay, yeah, congratulations. But you know what? So many people say they're the best relationships that always work out, the ones that start as friends first. But yeah. you've got to ask, uh, f- from girl to gay, the first time you become intimate, and, and you've kind of gone from friends to that. How is that? I mean, very, very good. <laughs> like a girl. He's got a lovely diamond and, and he's good. <laughs> very, very good. It was very, it, very good. It felt right, I'm guessing. That's um, obviously a bit of a, like a scary thing. But it wasn't when we first met, it wasn't just like, oh, straight away we're mates. Like when I first met him, I literally kissed him on the lips like before I even introduced myself. <laughs> Uh, so, so, so there's, been, there's I mean, multiple, there's I love multiple this. layers. He was very, like, I obviously, like, yeah, I found him attractive when I first met him, but then, like, I was doing things like going on Love Island. I didn't really, I think, timing wise, it just, I didn't want anything like that. I just wanted to, like, be single, have fun, and just, yeah, it was very much, oh, I just got along with him so, so well. So it was just easy to be friends. Well, and it's clearly all worked out very well because now there's a wedding on the on the card, so you can't complain, right? Exactly. <laughs> uh, Who well, would have thought? Who would have thought? Thank you so much for joining us this evening. Um, uh, appreciate it, and and best of luck with the planning because I know it, they are hard. Weddings are hard. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. I didn't realise how much goes into it, like until I started doing YouTube's. And Ooh. like, there's so Ooh. so much. <laughs> I, oh my god, there's like a deep. There's so much. I, I can't even, guys. Are you over? You're not married, are you? Nah, I'm not. Steve We're both single. Nah. Nah. Yeah. Guys. The ring's still, the finger's no ring. Not yet. <laughs> he, ain't, he ain't got Sorry. a gay brother, is he? Your fiance. <laughs> I mean, there could be a friend. Bobby, I might have a friend for you. Maybe message me after this. And then oh, yeah. for a second yeah. pizza party. I can see it happening. Um, yeah. Slide in my DMs. I'm into it. Um, Fran, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate thank it. Thank you so much for having me. Have a nice You're evening. You're welcome. Bye, darling. Bye. Take care. Bye, guys. I don't envy people after plan weddings. <laughs> I, I really no don't. Idea, but I love a list. I'm so anal. I literally have, I love pads, lists, pens, even stationery. I love so the thought of sitting down at a table and writing everything down. That to me is like, I can't tell you. Well, you just have to find the man to do it with then, Bob. That's yeah, the only thing now. Because there's no point planning weddings when there's no groom there waiting for you. Exactly. <laughs> um, well, I, I think actually this is kind of the perfect um, ending to to George's time at, at FUBAR. We had to 
a guest was running a little bit late. We had to we had to rush the timings. We're already running over, so I'm sorry, G. You're gonna have to edit some of this down. <laughs> um, but like we said at the beginning, can't see you on the screen right now, so it's a little bit weird. But um, it's been amazing having you work with us for the last. Hello, um, having you work with us for the last. Uh, well, with me for even longer, but with Bob for the last two years, um, and um, it's it's been a wild ride, and we've done some spoken to some really crazy people that I would never have thought we'd ever be able to get on the show. Um, but you're going to absolutely smash a new job, and um, thank you for being part of it. I guess. Absolutely, yeah. Here, here. Thank you for everything, Joe. You've been incredible, and. Uh... I thoroughly love our little weekly sessions and you will definitely, definitely be missed. But I know you'll go on to great things and be amazing. Um, Bob, we'll be back as normal. We're back next week. Uh, as far as I'm aware. Let's yeah. <laughs> Checking emails quickly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and actually, Bob, I'll be seeing you this week. So, um, so um... Oh, shit. Second time in two years. That'd be lovely. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that will be nice. That will be nice. Um, so I yeah. shall look forward to that. But um, again, Georgia, thank you. And um, and Bob, I'll see you next week. See you next week. And guys, yeah, back next week. Bye. Take care.